Welcome back to Pin Pals, your favorite podcast about enamel pins. I'm your host, Eric Roman from Warrior Pins. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to the program, what's going on? Hey, hi, hello, welcome. Uh, this podcast is dedicated to sharing pin maker stories and journeys through the ever colorful world of enamel pins. From the design and pin making process all the way to marketing and selling of enamel pins, this podcast covers it all with pin makers in the pin game. Um, best of all, you, the listener, walks away with insight found nowhere else. I mean, you can go ahead and search how to make enamel pins on Google, on YouTube. You're going to find lots of results, and I encourage you to check all those out, but you're not going to find the kind of insight that you can only find on Pin Pals on those websites, on those blogs. So no knock to them. That's a great resource. This podcast is just an additional resource out there. I'm just trying to better equip everyone with more knowledge and insight into the pin game because it's just an awesome world. And if I can encourage people to get into it, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Before we get into today's episode, I need to give a shout out to my supporters on Buy Me A Coffee, Pin Lord, Tater Top Pin Shop, Pin My Ride, Pins by Charlie. I mean, you guys are awesome. And not only that, we have someone new joining us for coffee. Vincent Chan, aka Vin Pin, is our newest monthly, well actually yearly supporter. Vincent must have said, heck, take all of my money, and he signed up for our annual plan which saves him a little bit of money and helps fund the podcast. Uh, thank you, Vincent, for supporting Pin Pals. That means a lot. Uh, definitely check out his pin shop. It's just at VinPin, V-I-N-P-I-N. Uh, he's a pulmonary and critical care physician by day and a fledging pin artist by night. Straight up from the bio. Gotta love that. His work is awesome. It's fun. It's playful. I mean, if you like Pokemon, definitely just... Check him out. Um, if you like it, give him a follow. Maybe buy a pin or two. Send him a DM. Let him know that Eric sent you. Vincent, again, thank you so much. The rest of you guys, thank you so much for, for really helping make an impact um, with the podcast. I'm not sure many of you know this, but we have an editor on board. And you know, as much as I love editing the podcast and I love the editing process itself, I really needed to free up some bandwidth. Um, so why am I sharing this info? Because the funds from Buy Me A Coffee go directly back into the podcast, like I said before. And in this case, it helps me afford an editor for a reasonable rate. And it just, it, it really helps with the workflow. I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to focus more on the interviews and I'm able to spend more time recording interviews and putting together clips and doing all the marketing and things like that so while it may seem like a cop-out it really isn't it, it's it it's a sign that we're building something here we're build we're building something together and i think that's really awesome and so thank you so all right today's guest or should i say guests i got to interview the incredibly creative duo behind BB Create. Miguel and Michael were awesome enough to carve time into their really busy schedule for what I think is like the realest episode of the podcast. I, I, 
you could really feel their passion for pins and connecting with fans and fandoms in this one. I mean, they have a friendship of over 25 years. We Like, we talk about that and how that plays a role and how they work together and being able to connect with different fandoms, like I said. Marketing pins and so much more. This is jam-packed with knowledge, um, lots of valuable tips, insights sprinkled throughout the entire thing. So definitely make sure you're taking notes. Um, heck, why don't you share with me your favorite parts after listening to this? Just go over to our Instagram page at Pinpals Podcast and leave a comment on one of the posts. Send me a DM. I really would love to hear what you think about this episode, just the podcast in general. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with my pin pals, BB Create. Miguel and Mike, welcome to Pin Pals. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. All right. Let's tell the listeners who is who. Okay. I'm Miguel. And I'm Michael. Yep. And we make BB Create, which stands for Best Buds Create. Best buds create. That's actually what it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, everyone. I mean, there's so many stories to it, but mm-hmm. in in general, it is best buds. We create a bunch of stuff. I mean, we we do love BB8. Uh, that's how we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we kind of just evolved into things that we enjoy. Not just only Star Wars, but like Power Rangers, video games, Sanrio stuff, yeah. anime, sports, uh, kaiju stuff. Like we have tried to run the gambit of, of things that we grew up that we like. Yeah, from the start that we started just doing like mostly like Star Wars stuff. And then we're not getting tired of it, but we are expanding off going into other pop culture type things just to go where our interests are going. Yeah. But we are still focusing on a lot of Star Wars. Type yeah, things. definitely. Star Wars is going to be our main, our our baby. We love Star Wars, you know, we're, we're geeks. We love everything about it. We grew up in the time, I think, I mean, we're we're an old part of the older generation. We're zillennials, so we're Gen Xers plus millennials. If you want to categorize that, <laughs> Bro, you know, Mike just hit. Uh, if we could say your age, yeah. right? <laughs> He's, he just hit forty. He just hit forty in May, and I'm about to hit forty in November. Uh, so you know, we grew up in the time where Star Wars didn't have shit. Like it was nothing. There was no land. There was no Galaxy's Edge. There was like these three movies that were just the you know the original trilogy, and then. 1999 rolls up. I was working at a movie theater, Phantom Menace drops. And I was working in, in a, a movie theater in LA and we had the first digital projector because before when I used to work, I, I worked in um, projecting as well. So I worked from ushering, from ticketing, and then I worked myself up to projectors and we would have to actually put the film and you know roll it in. And then this digital projector, which was the first of its kind because we it was out in Burbank. So Burbank is like mini Hollywood, you know? So Burbank Studios, all that, all the studios are out there. They're like, yo, we're going to go to Burbank AMC and we're going to give this people digital projector. And when we had the first one, we had like a red carpet. It was insane. Oh, damn. Everyone went nuts. Not even the Chinese theater had, which was the man Chinese theater back then, um, didn't even have that yet. We had the first digital projector. So like our GM was like, yo, you got to learn how to do all this stuff. All we had to do literally with a digital projector was like grab this disc and just click it in like a DVD player and we're done. Rather than doing all this like film stuff. And I was like, dude, this job is going to become obsolete, you know, like literally from going from old film to now doing this kind of stuff. And, but it was, it was dope. And then we got the the prequels and then Disney takes over and now you have everything. And, you know, that's why sometimes I have a little gripe with fans when they're like, oh, they ruined it. I'm like, bitch, you got a lot of shit now 
to enjoy. So just bask in the ambiance, enjoy that shit. Yes, they're not fucking, you know, top notch sometimes, but it's popcorn. It's great. It's still a great, you know, franchise to just, I mean, transcend how many, how many, uh, how many uh, generations has it transcended already? Four? Four decades? Yeah. Generations, but four decades already? Span four? That's a long ass time, you know? Yeah. It's a long ass time. Gives us a, a sense of how much we've been, how early we've been into Star Wars. I mean, I think we are probably, we were born probably closer to the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah, we than were. To the prequels, so. That's right. Star Wars has been a big part of our lives. Yeah, dude. It, it has been. I still remember the first time we saw it. I mean, I saw it. What I was like, my dad had just immigrated to the United States and he's all like, he's a sci fi, he's a sci fi freak. So is my mom. And he bought these VHSs and we were watching it at home. And I was like, dude, this is like, this is awesome. What is this? Why are they flying? What is, where, where's this world at? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Dude. You, okay. So it, I mean, this is like a match made in heaven for like you two and like the brand, like it makes so much sense now. Like I knew you guys were big star Wars fans and that's clearly evident. Just like a quick scroll through your Instagram feed, but I did not know all of that. So that makes it even like more special and just really cool. There's like intent. There's there's purpose behind all the stuff. Like you guys are not only making this stuff, but you're also repping it. Like you want to see it out there in the world for other fans. It's fan made pins and and lots of other stuff too. Yep. Yeah, and I think when Mike and I when we create anything, we come from a fan base first because we want to make sure that we keep that integrity. Mm-hmm. I know you from your your fantastical collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. Like I know that Warrior Pins I already know what that brand is about. It's T- TMNT fan-based content, but you already know, you know, you have some of the deep cut stuff that, you know, like I think the one that you just released was uh, the, like the, was it the rock and roll ones? Um, yeah. And, and I remember those figures. Like I remember wanting those figures. I remember wanting every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, but for casual fans like now who just get into it, they, don't, they won't know what that is. They won't know some of the things that you're putting out there, even some of the movie stuff that you're doing. So like we try to keep the integrity of, of it as fans first and then artists, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And that's smart. That's a great approach. And I think that's what separates a lot of like pin makers, if you will, you know, those are the ones that are really getting somewhere uh, because they have that history. They have that connection with whatever, you know, you're, you're creating pins based out of. And, and that's important, and I think that's how we're able to, to find a lot of success. But, man, that's awesome. You guys are a bunch of Star Wars nerds. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> that's funny. So tell me, you guys, you guys have been friends for almost 30 years, like 25 years, you, guys, you said? Yeah, about 25, 30. I mean, we did meet up in high school. Okay. And then after high school, we did go end up going to separate um, schools for college. And then we happened just to meet up again of all places in a coffee bean. Yeah, a coffee bean. Yeah. Where we still actually go and we design. I mean, we switched over from there's a coffee bean and there's a Starbucks like right across the street. But we still go there and we design there. Like yeah. every week before the, you know, before COVID, we did that every Thursdays. We had our meetings, our design meetings, our product meetings, like just setting, setting things up. Oh, wow. And then when the pandemic hit, we, you know, of course we had to ice everything, but we. When the pandemic started, that was coincidentally when Animal Crossing 
also started up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then since we were not able to go out to Coffee Bean, we had our weekly meetings in Animal Crossing. So <laughs> there, and then talking about pin the BB Create stuff in there, like what we're we going to be doing next and everything like that. So we built our own worlds. We just showed off. Now, now we don't do that. Now today is actually a design day. After we have our our meeting with you, we're gonna yeah. go to the Starbucks and just draw some more things. We have a couple of uh, projects that we're working on. Yeah. So, you yeah. know. That's so cool. Since, since things started lighting up, we were able to go back to the co the coffee shops again For and sure. have our weekly meetings. So. Yeah. Well, a couple things. I love the fact that you guys are setting meetings. It's just the two of you running the pin shop and you guys are on top of things by setting meetings and, and sticking to them and, and pivoting when COVID hits and stuff like that. But you're still making sure that you're getting stuff done. That's really awesome. That's something that I've always tried to implement. But, you know, when it's just a one-man show, it's hard to keep yourself accountable when you're doing, like, a bunch of other things. But it feels like it's a little bit easier to kind of stick to it when it's just, like, the two of you doing that. The other thing I wanted to say real quick, I also love how you just gave away the spot in where, like, people can find you guys creating <laughs> and designing and stuff like that. Because, yo, look, I would, I would meet up there and just, like, Go grab coffee and be like, oh, shit, it's Mike and Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, we've had some people roll up and, and they're like, oh, dang, it's Mike and Miguel. What are, you, what are you guys doing here? Yo, that's cool. Which is pretty dope. But we're like, uh, do we owe you money? <laughs> oh, oh, BB Crane. Okay, 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 okay. Go, go, go. You got your pins, right? Yeah, yeah. it's also fun we're doing the coffee shops because when we're just doing our design stuff, so we have our iPads, we're drawing and all that. And then there's these just customers just curious just come by and just talk with us. Yeah, they about do. What are we doing? What are we what design? And then we just talk about like how we doing the whole BB Create thing, whole whole pin thing. And it just it's just a nice experience just to see other people are pretty interested in what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Are you guys like is it like notebooks everywhere, like action figures or like uh, reference toys and stuff like that? Like I'm just trying to like paint a visual. At home, yes, uh, but like. At, in, when we're out when we're out and about i mean of course the internet is our friend so we use a lot of references um but we do like for for me i like like just right now there's um uh like arcade stuff like video game stuff that we want to work on uh for this local arcade and i took a bunch of pictures when i went there to like all the marquees so at different angles and so you know i use my my the the picture or like my iphone or whatever but sometimes we do bring like models like uh mike has like all these like cool little things like hey check this yeah. out i got this like uh godzilla one let's just put it right here and then we start to look at the different angles and seeing how we could work with that mm -hmm. um same thing like you know just like with any type of things um that we have in our collection we'll bring one thing because if we have everything out, it's just like, it's a lot. Hey, what are you, what are you guys selling? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we're like, oh man, we don't, we don't want, to, we want to just draw, just leave us alone, you know? Like, so it's, we don't say that. No, we don't. We don't. But you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you're in the groove, you know, it's like, not to be rude, but you're in the groove of like designing. And then when you're, you know, when you, when you have someone come in and they talk to you, it's like you lose that momentum. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you just want to be like discreet. So we pick a corner actually and we just chill there. And if, you know, usually it's the work. The corner, guys. Check the corners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Starbucks. Yes. Like the million Starbucks around here. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, there's, um, there's that. And, uh, yeah, but we, we do have a lot of references. It's and especially like reference books and all that. Yeah. And like books is the other Since we have our, our drawing pads or iPads, we usually draw on those. We usually have that connected on a, on a hotspot. 
that mm -hmm. if we need to look at something online, just go and just okay, move the drawing drawing software aside, go on the internet and just look up something we need to um, to refine what we need to do for our designs. Yeah, that's really cool. In a broad sense, can you talk about how the two of you work together? Because I'm sure you, there's probably no overlap between the two of you. You guys don't want to be doing like the same work. So does one of you just kind of focus on like line work and then the other's colors? Or do you just come to each other with finished designs? I'm just curious how you guys tag team the design process and the pin making process. I think it's um, a little bit of everything. So sometimes I know for sure we always discuss the design before. Like we have like some mashup design that we think would be funny or uh, kind of like a moving design, something that just comes to us and we present it to each other uh, and we work on it that way. So we kind of figure out, okay, what needs to be broken down? Who needs to be taking care of what? And then, uh, I mean, Mike, Mike's a brilliant artist. Like he is top notch level. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't do professionally. I always tell him that, but that's another thing. Um, but like, you know, the way he's able to make it look almost like it comes alive there's the flat kind of like, there it is, there's a pin. And then there's like depth to it where there's shading and there's manipulation inside that actual design to make it look a little bit more realistic, you know? And I think Mike captures that very well with those details. Uh, if it was me, it's like, you know, I'm pretty good at just kind of presenting it. And then there it is, you know, here, here it is, but uh, it'll be flat. It'll, it won't have like shading but it'll still look cool, you know, very vectorish. But Mike puts yeah. the realism to it, I think. And especially for like, say we're working with enamel pins. I mean, we're working with something that's probably no more than maybe two inches by two inches. And yeah. just trying to get so much detail into it. You, you know, you're pretty much limited on now because then the manufacturer, they have to be the ones that okay, they're actually physically doing these things on it. And then some things that are just not possible for them to do. So that you'd really look at the design you want to do and then, okay, well, we probably can't do this one's too much detail. They're not going to be able to get that line that thin or this, this gradient color we're trying to do, that's not even possible. So then we'd have to try and figure out ways around it, but what we could do, but still make the, the design on the pin presentable, really nice looking. You also got to think about, um, say, the, if we want to do like, say, a moving type of pin, we've done several of those. We have to figure out the mechanics behind yeah. it. And then there has been one, sometimes where like, we came up with the design, we go to the manufacturer, they come back to us and say, it's like, oh, we can't do this. It's not possible. It's just going to be too difficult. I mean, even one of our pre, one of the recent ones we did, it was a two piece one. We had the top part was a sliding piece, mm -hmm. came back, said, uh, this is not going to work. That the top piece is too heavy. We're going to have to do something. So then we yeah, get something back and forth. else. So there are some challenges and limits you could do on some of these designs. And yeah. So it is, it's fun doing all these things, but it's just also fun just trying to figure out, okay, what can you do just to get as much quality and detail into it? Yeah. And I think the advantage on that too, is like, since there's fresh eyes between the two, cause you know, we're so invested in the project, you know, Mike would say, how does this one look? Or I would say, how does that look? He'd be like, Oh, check that out or change that. And I'll do the same thing too. So it, I think that works to our advantage because we're able to see that. Um, and especially, and with the previous question about with the meetings, Mm -hmm. that's something that's like okay it's good to have in a person-to-person -person meeting rather than say something over the internet yeah like be there physically be there and kind of talk it out you know but yeah i mean like uh i think at the at the end of it it's i i feel like it's it's a blessing too because not only we just go in there we just do work we actually just you know we dick around 
we show each other TikToks that we think are hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, it allows us to bond. And so I take those as blessings uh, in my interactions when I have, when, I, when I'm sharing it with Mike or with anyone that I think is, you know, that we've had a long-standing relationship with. Uh, to me, those are, those are things that are, are priceless. And like, this is just gravy. Like working on things is gravy, but the friendship is that, that one, the main, I think the attraction of, at least for me, I love, like I enjoy going out and just kicking it with Mike and we just nerd out on like, hey, did you see, you know, My Hero Academia or did you see this latest episode of Loki or, and we just kind of have our own little, little discussion of whatever it is and we catch up, you know, that's, that's the main thing we do. And then, and then we go into design. So it's like eight, whenever we meet, it's like 80% design and then about the, the 20%. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> around. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. I mean, that's friendship goals right there. That's awesome. I'm really jealous of that. It seems like you guys do have a great dynamic. You know, I've been following you guys for, I don't know how long it's been, four, five, six years, but it's been awesome to see your growth and just to see the friendship. Because every now and then you, you guys will throw up those, uh, hey, we want to introduce ourselves to like new followers. So it's like a picture of the two of you working and it it just you know kind of puts a face behind all these pins and this pin shop and things like that. Yeah. But you guys like really have it all figured out. I love it. Yeah, I think that's important. At least for me, I'm I I like connection. I like forming relationships. And I think part of our branding, and it's not even part of the branding. It's just part of our personality. We like that connection of connecting to others. And I think that's a very natural human thing to do is kind of have that social aspect. But for me when I am trying to connect to our audience, it's a very sincere way of like, honestly, we, we do this for fun. You guys are just fueling us to continue by giving us a tool, which is money to create more things that we enjoy for you guys. And we wouldn't be anywhere if we didn't have any, anyone that supported us, no doubt, whether it's our family, whether it's the people who buy our products, the ones who share it, our the podcast that you're doing for us, you know, like, we, I understand that Mike understands that, that, that is something where it goes more than just, you know, money and earning a business and small business stuff. That is all technical work. But the one that is like, I think the, for me, the most gratifying thing is, is that connection to our audience. Like you're not just a, another dollar sign. It's no, you are someone that is invested into our product that you take the time to actually invest in it. Take you whatever two, three seconds to like, that is time out of your day. You know, like you made us feel validated. I don't know what that word is, you know, but you know, with this whole social media stuff that, that goes into a different direction, but that allows us with that, like maybe my branch off to someone else that say, who like that? Oh, that showed up in my popular page. And I don't know about this brand and it sparks another like domino effect or whatever. So that allows us to grow um, organically and, when you take the time to comment or like, I will take the com the time to comment and like back to you and talk to you. Same thing with Mike. When we're at a show, you come and you meet us. If you're talking to us for 20 minutes, we will sit down and talk to you for 20 minutes. Even if we have a big ass line, that's why the two of us, we kind of go, okay, you know, talk to this person. They want to talk to, you know, about Star Wars stuff and we'll sit and talk with you as long as you yeah. want. Yeah. And then, we'll go and we'll, we'll do our thing. And, you know, because again, you took the time to come and see us. Like we are blessed that you, you we're in this position because of you is I guess the long story short, you know? Mm -hmm. 
I love it. And I was going to ask you what what is the inspiration for you guys? Like, what kind of keeps you going? And it sounds like being able to connect with other folks over these like fandoms is definitely one of the things that drives that. And that's awesome. And that's a sign of being like authentic with your brand. There's like total transparency. With, like you guys are real. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's really what you what you want in in a, in a pin maker, in a pin brand, in a brand in general. You guys have it, and we're very much aligned on communicating with the audience. Like you take that time, well, I'm going to take that time, and and you know talk with you, answer that email, answer that comment, do all that stuff. No, it's right. You're right. Let's see. Talk to me about your the the pin making process. So once you guys have settled on a design, you'll go back and forth with the manufacturer until it's good to go. What's that whole process like from the finished design to actually getting it in your hand? Um, I think uh, from for for me, it's it's just juggling a full time job, family and this and finding those times. So a lot of late nights uh, uh, being up uh, because again, we, we work overseas now. We, we, we talk with them, we form those relationships. So answering those emails and, you know, giving those emails out is it's a, it's a late night. <laughs> it's a lot of late nights, but for Mike, I, I mean, I know, I know you have your own process of like yeah. the design part. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's talking generally is okay. If there's a, Say for a future thing is coming up, okay. So okay, so this certain things coming up in this month when we do some certain design, and then so so for example, for this month, I think they were doing like a large Harry Potter celebration, and all that, and then we said, okay, we're gonna do some Harry Potter designs. This was already decided about maybe two two months ago. So then we do that, and then we think, okay, what can we do for these designs? And we come up with these ideas or what we can do. No, no like drawn up design yet but just some ideas what we do. And then that one from there, we decide which ones, okay, we probably do go with these three or four. Stick with that. And then we do like some early design drawing work. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, we'll, we keep refining it up until the point we're able to send it over to the manufacturer. And then that goes through the manufacturer process. They send us a proof of just like a, like a proof just to double check everything. We say, okay, and then they proceed. And then uh, like about a, Several weeks later, they comes back into our hands, ready for us just to go ahead and distribute. Yeah, and, and I think I think other than, other with that is just the finding that time and to make sure that we're juggling. Yeah, you know our respected jobs. I mean, Mike has a nine to five. I have a nine to five, um, but we try to make sure that when we're designing, it is leisure, not yeah. work. Like this is not work, even though there's very much so IRS types of tax things that you got to deal with as a small business, which is that's the work. This part right here when we're designing is not work, at least for us, it doesn't feel like work um, because we just get better at what we're doing when we're designing and it just, you know, sharpens our skills. So, uh, but we're designing cool stuff that we like, again, that other people hopefully will like as well. It's, it's about time management, I think, time organization and just, having a, a good time, um, just a good time schedule of how to make sure everything flows well. So I know for myself, I just, mm -hmm. I have a jam packed day, but I try to make sure to make some time when there needs to be from design all the way to the end product that I'm a lot allowing myself at least 20 to, you know, 40 minutes in a day to do something. 
that pertains to this brand. Yeah. I don't want to do it like all at once. You know, Mike doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to do all at once. You know, sometimes we do, but at the end of the day, I do at least like one, one hour worth of work, two hours worth of work when it comes to design a day, you know, and that's usually when I'm chilling. It's like a relaxing activity yeah. at the end of the day. Something just to like de-stress you from whatever yeah, going like, on throughout the day. I'm watching trash TV. I'm watching reality TV, Real Housewives or Potomac or whatever, you know, is on. <laughs> I watch that. <laughs> in the background uh the new season, <laughs> the new season. yeah i love that that's let's we that's another podcast we can talk about people are like damn you like real housewives i was like oh man damn right man i love real housewives bring it on <laughs> bring that on bring uh, anything on bravo man I'm, I'm watching it with my wife and we just we just laugh you know this is stupid tv but i'm just drawing yeah. at the same time you know that's cool. I'm very much in the same boat as far as having a, a nine to five and just like other things that keep me busy. So I was listening like intently to that because I do try and, and and make time every day to like do something with the pins or with the podcast, whether it's like, I don't know, listen to the latest episode to make like proof, listen to it, get some designs done or maybe think of a couple social posts and stuff like that. And it can be it can be very like taxing especially like at the end of the day after you, maybe you've had like a long day, you just dealt with some traffic to get home and stuff like that. Like, like the last thing I want to do a lot of the times is get behind the computer screen and like answer those emails to the manufacturers or, <laughs> or finish those designs and stuff like that. It sounds like you guys are just setting goals and then sticking to them. I guess you're just setting these goals that work for you guys where it doesn't stress you out. You know, you guys are thinking far out in advance, which is awesome. And it gives you that flexibility to do these things like at your leisure and you're not, you know, rushing to get it done by the end of the week or something like that. Yeah. And then even if we feel stressed, uh, I think for myself, I, I remind myself that this is this is fun. This is way different than what I do for a living. And it shouldn't feel like I'm putting that much pressure, even though we do Like, I think we put our... I think everyone needs some sort of pressure in order to produce something. Uh, everyone needs a, a healthy amount of stress, but um, I try not to make it stressful where I'm like breaking down and crying over something. I mean, again, people have their own process, but for me, I try to make sure that there's a broader scope of more important things that I need to attend to uh, that maybe this design will not even make or break it. You know, it's just, it's a design. And we are in control. We're our own bosses. We don't have to answer to anyone. We don't have to, you know, we could tell each other yes or no. We're the, we're the sole proprietor of our own, I guess, brand in the sense, you know. And I, I find it calling it weird when I call it a brand just because, you know, it is a brand, but mm -hmm. it, is a, it is an extension of ourselves. We've birthed this baby together and we've put so much time and effort into it because we care about it and we've seen it grow and now it's not just our baby. Now it's everyone who wants to be part of this brand. It's their baby too. So we want to make sure that we are representing them as well as ourselves to a high degree. Um, so we're not just like, you know, being fake. I, I mean, like just not being authentic. Like that's, that's my whole philosophy of life is just being as authentic as true as to yourself as you can be to others because people can see through bullshit after time you know people do i mean that's that's the honest truth 
they just see through bullshit if they see you in long enough. We're in the public light. I mean, we're on social media. Of course, social media is only, uh, you control that tempo as well. But I want to make sure that when I show whatever we do show, it is an authentic part of us. Because like I said, our friendship comes first before this. Our family comes first before this. Because uh, one day it'll just go away. And that's how life is, you know? But relationships, people that have helped us along the way, those people are going to stay there for the rest of your lives. Like, for sure, you know? Yeah. It's not going to say, here lies, you know, Miguel, creator of BB Create, you know, co-founder, whatever. It's going to say father, husband. It's going to say all these really cool roles that I had. Not, I started some pin company, you know, <laughs> when my best buddy. It's not going to say that. So, I mean, the, at, the, at the end of the day, the bigger scope is relationships, I guess, going back to that, you know? Yeah. So we try not to stress ourselves out. Dude, this podcast just got real. <laughs> I love it. One quote, one of my buddies, and I still say this, it's Joe from Nerdpin. So shout out to Joe. I know, I, uh, hopefully, I don't know if you, I don't think you've had him on the, on the podcast. He's great. He's a great guy. He said to me, man, it's just pins, man. It's not rocket science. It's just pins, man. And, and when he said that, we were like doing stuff. I don't know what the hell, what it was. Someone had gotten upset about design or something. And he said, it's just pins, man. It's not rocket science. It, it was one of those really cool, simple throwaway sayings that really puts into perspective that it is just pins. Yeah. You know, but I enjoy collecting. I enjoy the fandom. I enjoy that other people enjoy that fandom as well. And that's the more bonding part is that we get to connect to those people. Facts. Those are facts for sure. What's your favorite outside of Star Wars? What's your favorite fandom to connect with? For starting with me, I guess. I mean, I've been a big fan of anime. Okay. So I have a lot of like things going back to that. I mean, my favorite anime um, is one called uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So that one's one that that's another one that goes way back to like to show my age on that one. But there are so many other fans of in there. I mean, more recent ones with My Hero Academia. So I've been really into that one. We've been doing a few designs of that coming up also, and have already have done some, and we're already come, uh, having some more coming out. That's probably mine, like the anime, the anime field. Yeah, I uh, my my mom was a huge anime fan, like before I was. She would watch, like she has. My mom is 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 a very unique mom. She loves anime. Uh, her her deal of anime is Naruto, and she has all the mangas. Like literally, it's in our garage, all mint. My mom is a fanatic when it comes to any type of anime. So, but she dipped out of anime a couple, you know, a couple years ago. She kind of like, kind of left it. It was like, okay, I'm done with it. I mean, she's already, she's retired, you know. Um, and then when Mike started watching anime, he's like, hey, you should check these out. And I wasn't, you know, even though I was surrounded by anime, like my sisters are really into it. They have their own subgenres. They have some obscure stuff that I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, Mike started introducing me to some more anime. And then I started getting into it heavily, like, would watch it anywhere I could, and Mike would just send me things like, "Hey, check this out. Check this one out. This one's a weird one, but you'll like it." You know, like this one involves food, and I'm like, "Food? I love food." You know, so like we, we he helped me get into anime more so uh, than my mom. My mom did, even though I grew up around it. But Mike was 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 really awesome about that. But for me, outside, it would be video games, any retro stuff. So nice. I grew up in, you know, I grew up in the age of Atari of uh, Nintendo, of course, the 8-bit stuff, but like really got into it heavily with 
you know, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Street Fighter. I grew up in arcades a lot too. So, you know, I'm an arcade kid, a latchkey kid, but grew up in the arcades, you know? So it's, uh, that's my thing outside. I love anything that is a retro game, like any, even old dumb movies, like with Fred Savage Wizard, I, I would watch that over and over again. It was one big Nintendo uh, commercial with the power glove and him playing Super Mario 3 where I lost my shit. I was like, Super Mario 3? That's crazy. He can fly. <laughs> Mario can fly with that raccoon suit. Did you ever get the power glove? I never got the power glove because I was too too broke. Like my parents were too poor. So uh, I would go to my friend's house and we would play it, but we'd only play it and we'd just like fuck around with it because, you know, it, it sucked. The power glove sucked. But it was so dope to like look at. Oh my gosh. I had a power pad. So the power pad was this like big ass vinyl, like plastic sheet that had buttons on it and you would use it for track and field. So <laughs> you would literally step on it and run like you're running on tra track and field and there's numbers to it. Uh, and it was like, it was like extra, it's like Dance Dance Revolution, but like before it's time. And I had that and that thing sucked so bad too because it was cheap. So if you were stomping really hard after a while, the vinyl would just rip. And the, all the electronics would be exposed on the bottom and it would not be comfortable. So I had that, but yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy, but I love video games. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I mean, shit, man, that's like the demographic or audience of like what makes up most of the, uh, the pin collectors and, and pin addicts out there. They're really into anime. You could probably like stop at your table and just talk to you guys for an hours and hours at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people do when they see some of the the things that we do with some of the anime products that we've produced. Like, damn, I've never seen that before. And then we'll talk about episodes that you know, and we just talk about you know fan fiction, fan theories. Just go into it with them, and you know we have really cool discussions with them, perspectives that we were like, damn, I didn't think about that. You know, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's really enlightening sometimes when you when you meet the right person who could articulate. A fandom really well you know yeah yeah it's not just limited just the anime like anything oh anything yeah that goes with anything so we we try to brush up on on a lot of pop culture and we consume a lot of pop culture uh, uh you know so i mean we could talk ninja turtles all day i would if you ever did a episode we would go we me and you we could go talk bring in rob from other world because i know you just had him too we talk about ninja turtles there um you know, we, we could bring a whole mess of people, but we don't showcase our Ninja Turtle fandom so much. We do it here and there. We give them nods. Like, you know, we, we, we've made enamel pins. I know you've had our Technodrome one that was a BB-8. Yeah. And then we have our Ninja Turtles uh, as BB-8s. Those are our very, I think they're our third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, third pin in uh, design ever that we made, right? Yeah. Third or fourth. It was like the early ones. So early that doesn't even have a back stamp on it. So you wouldn't even know if it's ours. Uh, because we were too broke to have like, oh, what's a backstamp? Well, how do we put our logo on there? What do you mean? So yeah, I think we yeah, have them right, right. here. So here's Michelangelo. Yeah, just happened to have it right on our side. We have the Michelangelo nice. one. Yeah. There's no backstamp on it right here. Check that. Nothing. Blank. Blank. An OG. Oh, that's gonna resell for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> one time though, uh, Kevin Eastman's wife right went to our booth, and I didn't know it was her, but we had a booth signing right across. Like he was signing autographs, and we had our last Ninja Turtle set, the, those ones that I just showed you. So she comes over and I, I know she was, she had like her three kids and they were pointing at it because it was at low in the shelf. Uh -huh. uh, it was, you know, our last ones, the kids like, look, mom, look, mommy, look, it's daddy stuff. I'm like, daddy stuff, you know? And then she's all like, yeah, can I buy them all? And I'm like, yeah, sure. 
And then we also have these two, which is a comic version of them, you know, the comic. Oh, nice. Okay. Black and, Black white. and, and white. So these are, red. yeah, but these are numbered out of 50, you know? So we sold them as a set. Those are okay. no back stamps though. So she ended up buying all eight of them. Uh, it was his wife, but I didn't know that. And she's like, okay. Like, and I'm like, dad. And, and I, and I kind of heard him like, dear, your dad, your dad, did he make these? Yeah. Yeah. He's him. And, and he points there and it was Kevin Eastman signing. And I was like, please don't sue us. Like, like, <laughs> oh, like I was like, gonna die. And Mike's all like, oh shit. Oh shit. And she bought the lights. No, 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 no. He's going to love these. And like, she took them all. And we're like making it. We threw an extra stuff that we had. Like here, please, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, sue us, don't sue us or whatever. And dude was super chill. Like she loved it. She came over the next day because we were at a convention. It was two days. Uh, and she was just saying, oh, he loved them. Like he loved them. Um, and then when he was doing a signing, his lining, his line was so long. So, you know, we saw him only for those those times that he was signing and he would be off his booth. Yeah. But it was pretty dope. Like we didn't realize we were right across. And I think it was one of our first conventions that we did. It was like a smaller one. I think it was like in uh, Ontario, which is a smaller, or it's a city here in LA, but it's like East here. Um, and it was like the Ontario Comic-Con or something like that. It was one of our first ones and he was right across from us. So it was pretty dope that his wife was like, you get the seal of approval, you know? Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> she bought more stuff uh, that were just Star Wars stuff and our little mashup stuff. And I was like, oh, dude, this is really cool. That is really cool. Now that I think about it, I should have been like, hey, Kevin, come over here, you know? Like, let's Let's, let's do something. <laughs> I think I would have done that or I would have like paid someone to stand at the booth while I go make line and then meet him. <laughs> right, exactly. That's awesome. I've heard of nothing but good things from Kevin and like his side of things. You know, you were you, you were scared the whole like don't sue me. Like, I get that. <laughs> I trust me. I get that. Um, I think a lot of pin makers get that for sure. But he doesn't seem like the type of person who, who would – do something like that or who would instigate he just seems really cool really chill he's not i i wouldn't call him like a suit you know no yeah no definitely not a suit yeah he's very nice before we move on to marketing i want to ask do you have any advice for pin makers anyone you know someone comes up to you mike miguel how do i get into the pin game if you could give them like a you know too long didn't read quick summary what would that be like yeah, I mean, every time I say I say that is, um, you you got to be slightly obsessive. If you want to do something like this, and you you envision yourself to become whatever it is, you know, for myself it was uh, for me, I wanted a huge collection of things that I enjoyed that we designed, and I could say, hey, I we designed this kind of stuff, and it was kind of like one of those things where um, it was cool to see something that was nothing become something. That's always like the cool little like thing I like to say. But if anyone were to come up to me and say, you know, how do I start a pin business and stuff, is that you have to be slightly obsessive of what you're gonna do because you're gonna have to put in a lot of work. Like everyone gets to see that success of whatever that looks like to them, whether it's followers, you know, uh, whether it's uh, you know how many pins you got, uh, whatever it is. Um, that does not happen overnight because you have to fucking work hard for that shit. Like, this is not something where you could touch and go um, if you don't want to. Again, like for me, I like I said, we we want to make sure that we have a, a high standard, not only just for us, but for the people who are consuming our product. Because, again, we want to be respectful to the fandom and to those fans out there just as much as someone would have respect for our brand. It's it's that two-way street. Mm -hmm. And I guess my, probably my advice is 
make this thing a fun thing that you'd want to do. Don't, if you uh, obsess about it, I mean, like, you <laughs> obsess about it, but if you do it too much and it just ends up being like work. Yeah. And then you uh, want, you want to have fun doing these type of things. So yeah. if, if you're, you're getting at a point where you're doing like the design, doing all these things and all that, and then you're just not into it. I mean, not like at the, at the point into it or not motivated or anything like that. Don't try to push yourself too hard. Just probably put a back up a bit. Just have just some time to yourself and then come back into it with a fresher mind. Because then, you, like I said, you don't want to have this one just be some tedious, tiresome thing that you um, want to do. You don't want to make this thing fun for yourself. Yeah. That's why I said slightly obsessive. <laughs> slightly. You don't want to be obsessive. You just want to be a slight, like slightly obsessive a little yeah. bit. I think that's what for me, when I look at all successful people who drive themselves, they're slightly obsessive about whatever the thing that they're pursuing, whether it's a, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, someone who owns their own business, an actor, they have to be consistently doing the same things and doing sometimes just a little more than the other person does. Mm -hmm. Great answers. Fantastic answers. I, pff, I'm gonna clip those just for myself. And listen to that when I'm like having like a tough. I mean, you get it. You get it, Eric. Like yeah. you, you have to be obsessive about your podcast because no one else will. Like you have to put in that work. Like you said, you come home from uh, your nine to five. You don't want to stare at your screen. You don't want to hear audio clips over and over. You don't want to see these faces over and over again. But that little mm -hmm. voice is like, yo, hurry up. You got to put that out there because you never know. Like something you, you keep at it. Consistency. It's going to pay off. And and it does. It may take a while, but it does if you're consistent. And if I were to give one more thing, yeah. is when you see someone else's work, don't make it a competition, but think of it as inspiration when you see someone else's work. Just because someone has an idea and it looks better quality than yours and all that, don't think, just don't discourage yourself and just say, I can't be as good as that. I cannot get that one. Just look at it, get see what they're doing, get ideas so that you're able to improve on your work and make it a better quality that way. That's awesome. That is huge. That is, I'm guilty of, of doing that. Cause like, you know, I only kind of only focus on Ninja Turtle pins. So there's only so many, I mean, you could say that there are endless counts of ideas and stuff like that. But a lot of the stuff that hits home with a lot of Turtle fans, like maybe someone else will come up with. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, well, no one has like a pin of Krang. Let me be the first one to do that. OK, no one has done like the bandanas. Let me be the first one to do that. And there was a lot of that. And that takes. I oh, bought them from you. I remember. Damn. Oh, geez. Right here. I like that. But that <laughs> that stuff is just like it, it takes it takes a toll on you after a while and it takes the fun out of it. And I've been able to just dial it back and just be like, really, the thing that helps me is I started to understand my audience after these five years or something like that. I know what they're going to buy, you know, so now I can just kind of focus on that. And people are going to come to me because they like my style and, and, and stuff like that. It, it's not a competition. And it took me years to like be at ease with that like kind of thought you know because you'd always scroll through the feed and you'd be like oh damn that's a dope pin i definitely had like i thought about doing something from like the second turtles movie and you know this person did it but yeah i like that that's a good that's a good mindset mike mm -hmm. let's talk about marketing what does marketing look like for you guys because 
real quick, I, I just want to say this before you guys get into it. I've seen you guys on TikTok, and you're killing it. You guys are sending <laughs> out. I signed up for your emails on the website just to like see what you guys are doing and see what these emails are like, you know. Like, but also I'm a customer and I'm interested in what you're releasing. You're you guys are doing that on a weekly basis on top of like posting on Instagram. Like, how do you do it all? And just like, you know, where are you putting your marketing efforts? What does that look like for you guys? Um, what I've learned about like just marketing in general is that there's so many tools out there and to, uh, to your disposal. So Instagram is a tool. TikTok is a tool. Uh, you going out to doing shows is a tool. Um, if you're relying on one certain thing as your main tool, like you're going to use a hammer to screw in something, you're looking at it wrong because you need a screwdriver. So the more tools you have in your toolbox to depend on, I think the easier marketing becomes, but there's also downfalls to that because you are in some ways spreading yourself thin because there's different platforms that need specific ways to be formatted. Like, and algorithms, freaking A, you know, like everyone always gets upset with the algorithm, which is very understandable because I get upset with it. But then when I come to peace with it is, I've already laid that to rest, is the algorithm is like life. It evolves and it changes and you have to adapt. That's what it is. And you could bitch and moan at them at, at, in the wind and nothing will happen. Or you could get set sail, build a damn sailboat and fucking go. So you either use it to your advantage or you could not do anything about it, which is you're still doing something about it by doing nothing. So for me... When I look at a digital platform coming up, yes, I roll my eyes and go, damn, there's another thing that I have to freaking do. <laughs> but at the same time, I might reach a different audience that might help me connect their fandom that they didn't even know that we existed. And I didn't even know they existed. And all of a sudden our worlds come together like this. Mm -hmm. We known each other for how long, but never really sat face to face until now. So it's like four or five years. We, don't we didn't even know each other. You live in the other side of the United States. We live in the other side of the United States. Not, we didn't even know we existed five years ago. And now we're here. And so like the way I always think of it is who is the person that is, is going to be part of this community. And when, if we're the first people to re be representative of this pin community, why not welcome them with um, cool stuff or open arms or, um, you know, a simple hello or whatever it is. So that's why I use these platforms is to reach another audience. So then they could come into our, like into our family and it's all inclusive. Like, I don't care if you're an alien from an outer space and you, you love certain things, you're welcome here, you know, whatever you look at your perspective of life. Um, so I see marketing as something as, um, bringing groups together and having fun within those groups having a safe space to express those fandoms, not being toxic or gatekeepers. Cause you know, we met so many gatekeepers in this damn community of yeah. any, any, like, Oh, no, you know, they, I don't know. Again, you gatekeep go, that's your deal, but we're going to be the ones that are going to be opening the gate and being like, here you go, man, let's go inside. Let's have a party. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's bond with each other because yes, um, there's a, a lot of people in this world that love star Wars but not everyone does. There's 7.5 billion people on this planet and a fraction of people uh, love Star Wars. Small fraction, you know? A 
a million, two million, three million, whatever. I don't know, seven million. That's still that small compared to seven point five billion. So for me, marketing is just a, a way where we have to be consistent, of course. But it's I try not to think of it as oh no, not another thing. I try to who am I going to be able to reach to become part of our family, to be part of our community, in a very welcoming and cool way by showing our pins, and then. Not only did they get to see our pins, they get to be linked to other people within our community, like who make doper pins, who make awesome pins, you know, and they're like, oh, dude, I met this other person because of you. Oh, I saw this other brand because of you. And, and that's cool because, again, now you're, now you're coming part of being part of this real community of like other, you know, pin collectors, you know, this bootleg pin collecting ones, you know. I love it. Oh, man. I, I love the uh, the gatekeeping analogy. Open the door. Come on in. Let's ha have a slice. Let's talk turtles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, like uh, it's it's I, I just don't get that in inclusivity part. I get you trying to be a person where, you know, you want to maintain uh, some sort of integrity, but I don't feel gatekeeping is integrity. Yeah. I don't think so at all. I think it's like, Oh, I know more stuff than you do. And uh, you, you, you know, like when you meet a Star Wars guy who's uptight about like Disney taking over, you're like, okay, so you want to go back to reading what? Nothing? <laughs> like you got to land, homie. Go to Galaxy's Edge and enjoy. Oh, that's all Disney bullshit. And it's like, yeah, I know. And it's wonderful. And I will, <laughs> I will embrace all that bullshit. And yes, it is, you know, they're a capitalistic freaking Illuminati society or whatever you want to look, look at Disneyland. But <laughs> They're giving me stuff that I, I didn't even grow up with. Like, damn, my kids have Star Wars pajamas, which I wish I had. Yeah. I wish I had that stuff, but they didn't even have that stuff. Like, you know, I couldn't even find a cool T-shirt that had Star Wars stuff. It will always be Star Wars in a fucking font that's always a generic one when I was growing up. Now there's, like, dope ones, you know, that not only bootleggers make, but, like, the actual Disney makes some, you know, some T-shirts that are pretty dope, you know, or yeah. just Star Wars wear, you know? The quality of, like, the, the, the products and everything that comes out, it's, like, a lot, lot better. Yeah, dude. Lot, the more You could see the, the originality and some of the ideas that some people come out with nowadays compared to how it was back then when we were. I mean, they were still good back then, but, I mean, there are some things out there that I'm thinking, like, I would have never thought about this back then. It's, like, the first time these – are, these are some of the things I've never seen before, and I think that's just a genius idea of what they've been doing. Yeah. So – and then getting just quickly to that tux, the, the, the gatekeeping thing. I mean, it's not just limited to Star Wars. I mean, all these other fandoms and everything has that problem. But there are several in like the, the community also, especially with like, my hero. There is that whole gatekeeping side and all. I think I just that whole thing is so stupid. Yeah, it's so. tough. But I would have killed for a lightsaber that light lit up when I was a kid. Now, <laughs> my kids have one. And I'm like, damn, dude, you got a pretty cool life, man. I had to play with a fake stick that pretended I was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I, had, I had one of those like neon colored wiffle ball. Or <laughs> it was like a yellow one. I just put some black duct tape on it and I was like, oh, this is my lightsaber. Oh, that's yeah. actually pretty good. You yeah. know? That is a good one. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that's funny. In terms of uh, like social media, marketing specifically on social media, what platforms are you guys on? Oh, um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter is like, just linked to our Instagram. I don't like tweet any, anything that gets us in trouble or anything like that. That people just start tweeting stuff that I'm like, I, I don't know how to work Twitter very well, but Instagram is primarily our, our, our bread and butter of like 
first things and now TikTok. Like I'm just learning TikTok a lot just by consuming a lot of the videos that they have on there and trying to be as creative as I can within my time. I don't know. Sometimes I, I'm like, it's it's hard to sit there and edit like all these cool things and make it look cohesive. But I know TikTok is more of like the spontaneous part. Like you don't need to look uniform, like how Instagram needs to look beautiful all the time. Uh, TikTok is such a cool platform because it's like it captures people's candid moments. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's a little hard as a brand when you're trying to be candid with whatever it is. So that part is, is it was, has been at least hard for me to kind of understand how to present the product. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we don't, I, I personally don't want to go on there and, and, and show my face just as a preference right now. Um, nor do I find it like, you know, necessary at this moment. Right. Uh, same thing with Instagram. Like we didn't show our faces for like what, three years. Yeah. We didn't even show a picture of us at all until we finally felt like it was now time to show all the stuff that we've built because of you. Now we get to now be part of the brand, if that makes sense. You know, just putting a face behind. Yeah. The brand. Otherwise we're just like any other pin. Yeah. Like, like we didn't want to just yeah. about the pins and everything. We put showing ourselves out there and giving us a per- giving, showing our personalities out there, puts pretty much us, also being associated with that yeah it's not just only the pins yeah because i i I was all about connecting and i would always respond back and i said what's another way that we're able to connect you know because now all these people get to see us when they come to conventions that's the only time they get to meet us and really put a face to the product but not our social media audience you know and then i i felt like mike and i we we talked about going back and forth um, because at, at the end of the day, we, we are more private. Like we try to be as more private just because that's our personality. We felt like it was time to like evolve it, to really show people that it's just two dudes that have a rich history together. And we want to show you that, uh, we want you to be part of that now, because now you are, are in this chapter of our history of our lives that we get to kind of how do I say, like, write that story with you, with our community. So it's only right to share ourselves a little bit more often than not. And I, I just think that people that show their face behind the brands, your, your connection with your audience is that much better. What social media advice would you have for anyone looking to get in, into selling pins? Because I know it's, it, it can be difficult to try and grow on Instagram nowadays with like the algorithm against you. It might be easier to just start on TikTok because that's where there's a lot of organic reach still happening. And, you know, just recently Instagram announced that they're not a photo sharing platform anymore. They're favoriting video content. So it's almost like everyone's got to start pivoting to making video content. I don't know if you just have any like thoughts on on that or or anyone just kind of... I don't know, struggling with that. Never, that's kind of a unique question. I haven't even thought about that one or not. I guess I have something where it could be helpful for someone that might be struggling would be a challenge is not placed in front of you if you're not ready for it. That's what I always look at. So if you're finding yourself struggling with social media, because I get it, social media could be, could be depressing, dude. Like it is, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. Sometimes you doom scroll and you're like, shit, 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 shit. Like, ah, and you know, and you, and, and you kind of get into this whole mind frame of, 
of just negativity, um, especially if you are relying on likes to have that reach to your audience. Um, because I get it, like light, likes don't equal sales. I will say that. And I'm sure that every person who has been on your show that does not, I, I could have 60 likes and have 600 sales. It's weird, but I could have 600 likes and have no sales whatsoever. It, it just, it, that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Like the other day I put up a, a little BB-8 apple pie one and that almost got 600 likes. And I'm like, damn, not one damn sale from it, which I was like, well, you know, it's fine because again, it reaches a certain audience. But then I put up a video and it only had like 123 views and I sold like three or four of those things that day. You know what I mean? Wow, so yeah. it's all perspective. So I would tell someone um, just be consistent. Like every day you would have to just post um, something and some days you may not want to, and that's okay. You don't have to, again, you, you create the pace, but consistency is what pays off on your, on, on any type of social media platform. But remember, like I said earlier, social media is a tool. Instagram is one tool you have. If you could go on the road, go on the road. If you could, you know, sell in a banquet hall or a luncheon or a school fundraiser, go do that. If that's part of your thing, cause you're going to reach a new audience. Um, if you could, you know, do a newsletter, uh, if you do Patreon and OnlyFans, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, always think Patreon, I always think Patreon is like OnlyFans light. Like it's just one more step to get there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, but like you, you, you do that. Go to TikTok, do Twitter stuff, uh, go into Facebook groups, you know, like you just have to like, like you say, we've been using, you've been using the word pivot. You do have to pivot along the way when it comes to social media stuff. So don't just rely on one, rely on many and rely on the people who buy your product too. Like those, those are, that's the organic way you reach out. Like I always put like a little thank you card. And if they want to, I say, if you can, please, if you feel inclined to do so, post it up, tag us. We would love to do it. I will make sure I will repost it in my stories, whatever you, I could, I could do in order to make sure that it is recognized that you put in all that effort just to put it on our, your, our product on your feed. You're helping us out. And, and that goes a very long way. So don't get discouraged, I think, is, is, a, is a main thing in consistency. Yeah. I'm thinking about that also. And then it's, especially if you're brand new. I mean, I would want to say, like, don't expect to, like, just blow up, like, immediately right when you start. So you're going to have to be some sense of patience in there. It's going to have you to have some time to build up in order for it to actually, okay, get that the eye, all the eyes you want onto it. So that's what I'm saying about the, this, that's also adding on to that whole, don't be discouraged about if you already, if you just like did the first post, but it's not really getting a lot of hits or anything like that. Just give it time. It's not gonna be something that's gonna blow up immediately. And then when you have a chance, try to make those connections with other, others with like the same mindset, other pin makers and all that, make yeah. those connections, those relationships you're gonna have down the line. Those are the things that are just going to help you just build up your brand. But again, it, it's not going to be that's something true. that's immediate. It's going to be something that's going to be building up, whether it takes several, like the, the soonest, maybe like several weeks, but they also expand a bit longer than that. But eventually if you keep up with it, with the consistency, it will start to, it will start to show. Yeah. And then don't be, just don't be discouraged. Just keep up with it. Yeah. That's that. I like all of that. And as a way to like kind of wrap up everything, 
just kind of like my thoughts and my two cents on this whole thing, on, on being consistent and showing up and, and all that. I know that I failed to do that throughout the past. Like, it, I'm sure everyone has failed to do that consistently for the past four or five years or however long we've been in the pin game. But I know it because it's just me running in stuff like that. So when I compare myself to other pin shops, pin makers who have been in the game long enough, a lot of the times I get like discouraged because uh, it took me five years to finally hit 10K, whereas it took other brands you know, much shorter time. And, you know, it's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison because there's a lot of like other factors at play too. Like you guys are reaching other fandoms and stuff like that. You guys are, are branching out. You're also in, in the West Coast and stuff like that. But like what I'm trying to say is you guys are, are, are showing up and you guys have been consistently working together behind the scenes and then releasing pins and doing all that stuff. And I can see that. You guys are talking about consistently and showing up from a good place because you guys have done that for so long, and that's just evident going through your, your your feed and just your website and just like me personally knowing your history. You guys are what's the saying? You're, you're talking the talk and walking the walk, or walking the talk. Like, At least we try. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are are doing what you're preaching, and and that's really cool. And I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge that because I see it. And, and I'm in that world. I'm like in over my head sometimes. And and to see you guys doing that, it's truly it's truly motivating to see you guys out there, to see like how your booth has go- just grown over the years to this massive thing. I'm like, holy shit, look at what they're doing right now. Like it's just it's really inspiring and it's really awesome. So I just I, I needed to acknowledge that because you guys are just some like some real ones, some OGs out here who's continuing to inspire and you're still continuing to like improve on yourself. You still, you haven't lost sight of like why you're doing this and, and, and that's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, at least we try, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's the perspective is this is, this is a blessing. Like I, I keep using that word every single time when I do a post because it is a dream. Like, not a lot of people get to take a leap and pins. What's that? You know, like, you know, even right now, like as a professional in my career, I don't even share that a lot with uh, people I work with or anything. And even took a while to share it with my friends who I grew up with, because it was one of those things like, what, what, what are pins? That's weird. Like, you know, well, what, what does that mean? What is that about? And when you show or peel back the curtain a little bit and start to show the, all the work that you do, it's, it's actually very, uh, it could be very inspiring. I think, you know, we get inspired by many brands every single time. Like you said, like we, we get inspired everywhere we go and we don't look at it as competition. Like Mike was saying, we look at it as inspiration because everything is always, um, a derivative or something of an original, original thing. So you have this original thought and it branches off into these other, other things that are relatable back to this original thing. So for us, you know, we, we see a Ninja Turtles pin and we're like, dude, that's a dope pin. I wonder if anyone has done something in this way, but over here and then put it in our style, you know, or even with Star Wars stuff. I mean, there's, when we started, we were one of two Star Wars brands and now there's like three dozen, you know, and that's not a lot. If you think about the pin game community is, or the pin community is very small, 
we think there's like it's endless, but we're like, no, it's small as hell. And there's so many cool people in this and being able to connect with them and form relationships with them and bounce ideas with, with them is also another blessing, you know, because like I said, everything could just be done overnight. Your account could be gone. Uh, you were, you know, you get a cease and desist or suit or whatever it is. If we're making fan, fan made stuff that isn't officially, you know, licensed, Not knock on wood, that doesn't happen, but that's part of the reality. And, you know, at the end of the day, don't take it for granted is what I like to say. Don't take anything for granted. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be in the position that we get to be in. You, you have a podcast, dude. That's, that's, that's dope as hell. I don't know anyone that has a podcast other than you, man. <laughs> you know, like, even though you're in that community now, you see so many podcasts everywhere, you know? Yeah. And you may know other people that might have podcasts, but what you're doing is something that you're contributing to the community to make it now part of the conversation of pop culture. That's the way I see it. If we continue to do pins, because a lot of people would say, oh, pins are dead. Pins are dead. It's like, for you, they are. I mean, that's for you. But for us over here who are continuing to still make it uh, part of the, the the pop culture community or part of the, the you know, an accessory, whatever you want to call a, a fashion accessory community, whatever you want to say, um, we're here trying to hold it down still, you know, uh, because I've seen so many pin brands go from like making pins and then they, they, they go away yeah. because it wasn't making their whatever the, the money or whatever they thought it was in the beginning, because I know it was lucrative in the beginning when it was like the wild west. And now you, you, you don't see many brands like that anymore. St stick around. Like the only people I know right now are Rob from like other world. I was right there when he started it. I, I was a, I mean, me and Rob, he was kind of like the inspiration I had talking to him one time and I wanted to make this pin and he's like, you should do it. Let's go. Let's go. We were at a bar, you know, I was picking up uh, a cap from him. You know, we had met up at a bar in downtown and he's like, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about it. And he goes, yeah, you should do this pin. Do it. Just do it. See what happens. And now here we are. You know, I know it's crazy. And I was a customer of his. And that's how we just met up because we were geeking out over Ninja Turtle stuff. Wow. So, you know, I, I have a very um, special place for Rob because he was one of those people that uh, really helped me feel inspired. And then now having, you know, when I'm talking with Mike about this whole pin stuff, he's like, pins, yeah, I mean, we collected. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we can make something. Yeah, I, I think I got an idea. Let's do this and look at we're here five years later, you know. But he's, he's one of the OGs. Him, uh, Move in Silence is another one that is an OG in here. Nerd Pins is another one that's an OG. Good Dope Supply is another OG. I mean, these these guys started when we started around there. Steve McGee is another one. So, like, these brands have been here for five, six plus years. And, you know, we try to, we, we're still around, but if you see that graduating class of, of, of pin makers, you don't <laughs> see too many people. I mean, even warrior pin started around there. And I know you had to take breaks because again, life, life happens. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't blame, you know, taking a hiatus for, because you have personal things to do or you are not feeling it. It's just part of the part of life. It's okay. But if you do feel it, then, Come right back to it. it. It is not a, how do I say? It's like, it's like therapy. You know, you, you go to therapy for a brief second if you want to, and then you could go away and then you come back if you need it for later. It's the same thing with running anything or anything in life. I love it.
But I want to thank you guys for making the time and chit-chatting with me. We covered a lot. There's a lot of replay value in what we were talking about. At least for me, you're like, I'm going to go back and listen to it. It was a good conversation. I want to give you guys the floor. First, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you. And if you have any shout-outs, go ahead and give them out. You can find us. Uh, we are on Instagram under the BB Create. Uh, we're also on have our TikTok as well. It's under the same name as well. Yeah, BB Create. Yep. So at BBCRE8 mm-hmm. is where you find us. And BBCreate.com is our website. Uh, we're always dropping new stuff every Friday at noon. Pacific Standard Time is usually where we're dropping new stuff, unless otherwise specified if we're not going to drop anything. But we have new product coming in, restocks. That's when we usually do that. Hopefully things will start opening up again. We'll probably start seeing us back at shows. Yep. Uh, the first big one I know we're going to be looking at is Designer Con in November. Yep. That's probably going to be our first big show post, uh, post-COVID, post-quarantine. So yeah. hopefully you'll be able to come by and see us over there. Designer Con. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really cool, fun show where you want to feel inspired or you get inspired by so many of the artists that are there. Designer Con, man. That, to me, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have their i mean like everyone has their reservation by any convention but design a con to me is somewhere where i feel inspired i don't go there uh looking to you know um be part of a convention i want to be in the convention to look around and be part of it and look at other artists and see what they do and feel inspired by them it's pretty awesome like literally pretty dope for me i've been going there since since the beginning when it was in a bingo hall and it evolved into some 100,000 square foot like space now, 15 years later. Oh, damn. Yeah, man. All they did was vinyl toys. And now it's like anything that has to deal with pop culture, but with like independent artists. And you get to meet those artists right there and then, like some of your favorite artists, you know? So DesignerCon's the other one. DesignerCon and then any other bigger conventions we have been doing is WonderCon in Anaheim. Um, Comic-Con? Comic-Con. Comic-Con San Diego. San Diego. And then some of the others, LA Comic Con. LA Comic Con. So we've been doing mostly like most of them on the West Coast down in the yeah. San Diego area. We're still trying to work our um, methods and how we're going to do some other shows out outside of state. Yeah. Like saying going towards the East. Hopefully, maybe we could be able to do one over on the East Coast. Eventually. Dude, we were this close to going to New York Comic Con, but then the pandemic hit. Like, like we were already in. Damn. Yeah. That was fun. It was going to be fun. I think the fur- furthest we ever traveled was just out. Well, it's not even out of state. No, out of state would be Las Vegas. Like we would go do like video game uh, conventions or level up there. So, you know, you'll, you'll see us. Uh, but we were trying to get out to like Florida, to New York, to Texas, anywhere. Uh, shout out. I mean, like I would shout out like a bunch of people that, that really uh, helped uh, us and still continue to help us. Like for me, it would be like, uh, like Steve McGee. I would shout him out. He's such a good character. Like he's such a good guy overall. Like if you ever want very good conversations, talk to him, have him in, of course, my, the pin lab crew. So we have mm-hmm. data, which is going to be coming up and, uh, collect your creations. Uh, put you press is another, uh, you know, homie of ours, uh, that I think you should also have on the show. Put I mean, you press is another star Wars, uh, pin brand. Yep. Kind of almost, Pretty much almost started at the same time. Started the same time. But they're, they do deep cuts. Like, they do, like, some shit that you're like, the fuck's that? Like, what book is that? Oh, it's just from fifth book of such and such author in, like, fifth line <laughs> paragraph. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, they, they really go. They, they, they go in some yeah. things that I'm like. Some deep cuts. Okay, I'm not, 
I'm not yeah, I'm not gonna be talking about that one because I have no clue sometimes of the things that they're but no, but they, their work is still really good. Uh, I yeah, mean, I mean cool. it it is appealing to like all Star Wars yeah. brands, but it also goes into deep for those those fans that are really into it. Yeah, that's another one. So, um uh, Joe Nerpins. Yeah, Joe Nerpins, you know. Of course you already got Rob in there. Rob's awesome. We're gonna hopefully see if we can do a show. I know he's been doing that, uh the mainstream market one. Yeah. Uh, we wanna be a part of it. It's just trying to figure out again, post-pandemic, figure out when we could go out there because we used to go out every single week to some show, man. Like, we were out. And then pandemic hit, now we are in. Like, we are like, when should we go out? Like, should we go out? Yeah, nah, no. let's, let's wait till 2022. Let's wait till the end of the year. So we're still, yeah, we're still figuring that out together to feel what's comfortable right now. But there's, there's yeah. so many that want to shout out. Yeah, I mean, man. I don't think we have the time for it, but I mean, you know, there's a lot there. There is, yeah, but those, those, you know, if we forgot anyone else, we we do apologize. But there's a lot of people out there. Another person, maybe that that we would shout out, but also you would be great for your show, would be Laser Brain Patchco. I'm just, she is very knowledgeable. She's a businesswoman, but at the same time, she's a true artist and very humble and very transparent. If you want really good, insightful stuff about the pin um, community, especially coming from a female's uh, perspective, Laser Brain. She's another one. She's and she's kind, kind, very kind. I love it. All right. Those are those are those would be you know for now. I mean, there's a long list. And part two, we'll we'll do more shout outs for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll figure this. Out. We'll figure all this out. We'll set some more time aside too to just like chit chat because like honestly, I could talk to you guys all afternoon. Same, dude. For real. It it's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. I mean, this has been four or five years in the making just like having a sit down <laughs> conversation like this is um it, it's like i'm just i'm meeting some inspiration right now and and it's very cool so thank you guys for your time i really yeah, appreciate it thank you like it eric you keep doing what you're doing dude because this is something that's truly special i want you to know that not a lot of people are going to say how much work there's pay, place in here there's a lot of shit that you make this going keep at it because you're doing a phenomenal job. So if you haven't heard that or you haven't heard it enough, here we are. You, you're doing a great yeah. job, dude. So Thank shout you. out to you, dude, for sure, you know, <laughs> for doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, because, again, you're contributing uh, to the community. You're not hindering it. You're, you're making part of it a re- relevance to it, I believe. Knock, knock. Oh, here's my door. Come on in. <laughs> yes sir <laughs> come on in come on in let's right. just that's hang out you gotta, you gotta make that into a pin now hey knock knock come on in <laughs> a hinge pin a hinge pin that opens the door i love it i love yeah, it man guys thank you so much again hope you have a great rest of your day best of luck with any future releases you guys have pin lab can't wait to talk it up some more we'll be in touch soon for sure man cool. take it easy dude. take care all right bye peace Peace. Well, 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 I am back to doing outros. How's it going, guys? Uh, How was that episode, huh? Jam-packed, like I said. Lots of good stuff. Uh, That episode could have easily been a lot longer. But I actually had another interview next week's episode scheduled right after my talk with Miguel and Michael. It was a busy Saturday. It was a time crunch that I will never do that again. Two podcasts in one day. That's a lot of work, man. But anyway, I want to thank Miguel and Michael for their time and expertise. I feel like we learned a lot. You know, it's important to engage with your fans and followers and the community that you're making pins for 
it's important to be authentic and be true to yourself. It, you know, that's going to help you set yourself apart from all these other pin shops. We learned that it's okay to be slightly obsessive because that can sometimes give you an edge over other pin shops. And it's not about coming out with better stuff. It's just all about being consistent and being true to yourself. So lots of good stuff from BB Create. If you guys enjoyed listening to this duo, definitely check out their shop. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Also, check out the Pin Lab show. I mean, we didn't get to talk about it a ton, but I mean, it's a fun and interactive streaming shopping show that happens live once a month. You don't have to actually be at the event or at a venue. Like, you can join in on the fun from your home, wherever you are. It's the three brands, BB Create, Kuletra Creations, and Data Crew. That they come together to showcase their love for the enamel pin community. You can buy pins directly from your computer at a special discount. I mean, it is insane. All you got to do is download Pop Shop Live. It's like you're attending a Patches and Pins Expo, but it's virtual and at like the comfort of your own home. It's so cool. They give out free pins. They have $5 pins. They release pins specifically for these shows. Like that's how much this has grown and that's how much they are dedicated to this. They have special guests too. You know, they'll talk about their pins and their art. It's a lot of fun. I was able to check out one of their shows last month and yo, it is crazy. They have another show coming up. So book, mark, save the date, do what you got to do. Saturday, August 21st, noon Pacific Standard Time. You're going to be able to score exclusive pins. If this is something that interests you, check out the show notes for links for more information. This concludes another episode of Pin Pals. Thank you guys for making it this far. If you guys want to support me and the podcast directly, check out that Buy Me A Coffee link. There are tons of ways that you can support the podcast, whether it's a one-time donation or tip, whether it's an ongoing monthly basis, the choice is yours. Uh, For anyone listening on Apple Podcasts, thank you for rating and reviewing. If you haven't done so, just take a couple seconds and do that. You guys are pulling through with it. You know, we're holding strong at a five-star rating. That is awesome. And I don't want to leave out any of my YouTube listeners. We're almost at 50 subscribers. Uh, I think we'll get there. It's just a matter of time. But thank you for checking that out. I hope you're you're enjoying the video version of the podcast. It's a lot of work getting it done. So definitely let me know in the comments why you guys love it, what you're looking forward to in the future, all that good stuff. Any kind of comment helps really. All right, folks, I'm signing off. Thank you. Namaste. Kawabunga. Bossa Nova. Chevy Nova. Excellent. Remember, folks, it's the little things in life. I'll see you next week. Peace.